On today's episode, we're going to talk about the, the things, things we leave behind. behind. That's right, Benny boy. We're going to talk about Grandma's Drury, maybe a special car. Her urn. What do we do with it? Who wants it? Let's find out. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. psychologist hey nick let's talk about death let's do it doc we are going to talk about something that most people don't even think about after they've lost their loved one until they're cleaning out the house and they come across the things that their loved one left behind so today we're going to talk about the things we leave behind yeah, it's a really, uh, I think, a really good topic because a lot of people that have come into my room have talked about, you know, cleaning out dads or moms or their husbands or wives' closets or houses, and they come across these things that they're not sure what to do with um, because to the deceased loved one, these things were probably very important to them. So, like. I'll give you an example. One of the things that tends to come up a lot is urns. So let's say your grandfather passed away and his ashes were given to your dad. Now your dad died. Now the urn with your grandfather are in there. But if you think of this multi-generationally, this is a problem because what eventually happens in my experience is then it gets handed down to let's say a great 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 grandson who didn't know the deceased so he has the this urn that has ashes of his relative that he never knew he does have no connection and he has no connection to it and then he doesn't want to display it and then he feels guilty about burying it in the closet and the problem is is like this is a topic that most people don't talk about and it's an important topic. And I always tell that to the families I work with, if you're going to think about cremation, is kind of have a plan of what happens to your remains down the line. So I, I think it's an important topic to bring to a lot of people's attention because when a, a sudden death happens, or even a long-term death, these things are left behind and you're not sure what to do. Another one that I hear a lot of is like military stuff. So, like, maybe great-grandfather had his all of his uh, pendants and... Pins. Pins and... Awards. All that stuff, right? And, and again, generationally, that could, be, that could be really cool for certain people. Not cool for everybody, right? So, so, again, this is the problem. When people die, there's things left behind. I, uh, the, the other one I heard a lot of is, like, when people have those, like, Pets that live for like fifty, hundred years. Oh, yep. Pets, like birds. Pets. Yep. <clears throat> what do I? What do I do with the parakeet? Yeah. What do I do with uh, Wally the parakeet? Wally. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, Doc. I'll bring up a couple um, examples. And what's interesting about this is we are generationally changing too, right? So the big thing that would change is what do we do? Because because the one thing I always hear right is grandma or great grandma had bins or garbage bags full of pictures 
like the actual hand pictures, the the ones that you know you would actually get developed. For for you that don't know, we're probably aging ourselves here. Or the negatives. Or the negatives, right? So um someone on here is like, <laughs> What are negatives? What are they talking about here? <laughs> They're in the red room right now. The other guys are like, Yeah, we hear you. Um, but yeah, so they have all these pictures and it's like, what do we do with them? Or even worse, you have these black and white photos that they have no idea who the people are in it because they didn't label them. So yet again there's no connection and then there's like this search for do i give them to great 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 aunt that may or may not have some um feeling to these pictures another big thing that i'm thinking doc and i think we need to talk about with the new generation is our phones right because our phones literally have everything on them and i remember a couple families have told me and it's not unheard of that they'll keep paying for their loved one's cell bill back when there was voicemails so they could hear their loved one's voice one one or two more times or every day if they needed to or every week or whatnot. And and that that's an interesting, like we've gone to technology now. So in our phones, we have all the pictures, we have all the videos, but then also our private stuff is in, the, in our phones now, right? The, the conversations we've had um, that maybe you don't necessarily want your family finding, you know, bad good indifferent we're not here to judge it's just the thing of what do we do now right so you know your loved one dies and maybe you're the only one that has this opportunity to have this phone is that something that you want to go into is that something that you're just like you know what that is their privacy let's leave it be Um, But that's another thing, too, that brings up these things that we leave behind. Because I do hear the pictures. I also hear, like, Dad had a really fancy car that he spent all day on every Saturday cleaning, waxing, all that. I have no concept of, like, this car is cool or not. So am I doing a disservice to my father by selling the car? Am I do you know? But also, I don't want to keep it if I don't know how to maintain it, and then it just basically goes in the garage and it it's under a sheet for you know twenty thirty years. And then you're absolutely right, Doc. Here's the problem, and I think it goes back to the conversation we had earlier, which if you get a chance, listen to our death checklist, because the big thing of this is it's an easy conversation that we may or can have with our loved ones to be like, hey, when my time comes. I have, you know, because a lot of people are collectors, right? So some people don't want to collect um, old magazines or old Pokemon cards or blah, 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 blah. So have a plan with your with your kids or your loved ones or whatever. Like, hey, you might not feel anything for my Star Trek collection. So if you want to sell them, that's fine. If you want to give them to, you know, your kids, the grandkids, that's cool. If, if nobody wants them, you know, sell them, get rid of them, anything you want. But that way you're giving an out to your loved ones. Because, because in most cases, they're not going to haunt us from the grave because we didn't keep the um, first edition Charizard, which if you have one out there, it's, it's worth some money. Um, but it's one of those things where there is all of these extra things too, because it's not just, it's, you know, it's pictures, it's cars, it's, it's dad's favorite poster, it's dad's records or mom's records that she literally, you can, you can see how much she played, you know, with, with the record and and the needle on it. And it's all of these things that just one more thing, doc. And that's another thing too. A lot of these times you don't see these things or may not know that you had a connection to 
until you open mom's house the next week, right? Dad and mom's matching bowling balls. What do you do with them? And what what do you do tough. with that's them? That's tough. That's real tough. Do you display them? Do you or they're trophies for winning, you know, tournaments or whatever? Like, I don't know. So what? So what do you do uh, in the clinical side when somebody is? messing with this idea of what do i do like wh- where do i go with this like how do you how well, do you think, address I think them? the dangerous part is is that it does bring guilt and shame um and um meaning they have like for example the, what i brought up the urn and i don't know what mom would want me to do with this and if i get rid of it then is she gonna haunt me from the grave or you know i hear that all the time and it's like did mom specifically tell you to keep it? No. Did mom specifically tell you to get rid of it? No. Then to me, you were left to choose your path. Goosebumps did it best, right? The Goosebump books. Choose your own path. But I think that's the important part is, is that you, I think, again, this comes with grief in general, you know. Oh, I didn't spend enough time with mom the last couple of years, so I feel like I need to keep her bowling ball. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's the opposite problem too, Doc. There's the opposite problem of wanting to keep something, but you have other siblings that may not want to. For instance, like the house or the cabin, right? You may have a lot of emotional connection and memories attached to a physical thing, whether that be land, whether that be the cabin, the house, the car, right? But maybe in the will, Mom and dad set it up where he, you'd sell it and split it. Now you're in this situation where you don't want to sell that because you feel like you have this connection to it. You may or may not even want to buy it off your other siblings and they don't want anything to do with that. So now you're dealing with another part of this, what we leave behind, because what we think is beneficial to our kids by splitting something, right? Like let's you sell the house and I'll... F- two of your, all four of my kids get a fourth of that money, right? But what if one of those kids really wants that house? Or what if that kid was living in that house up to then? Because as we know, there's there's a lot of that situation where we live with our parents. We never know what our life is going to be like down the line. So now you have anger, possibly fighting, infighting, on top of trying to figure out how to navigate what we do with these treasures. Or sometimes junk, right? That's the other thing too. Mom was a hoarder. Now you're dealing with the extra problem of, I have all of this stuff she found was so important and it's just junk to me. It's absolutely just trash. But then you have the guilt too. So they get home and they're like, well, you know, this was important to mom or this was important to dad or uncle or cousin. Am I being wrong by thinking this is you know, junk or trash or um, how do I, you know, get rid of this, but also in a way that is fitting and honorable to these treasures, which may not or may be treasures to. Or you, you got know. the other brother that wants to sell it within, you know, three months and says, you know, we don't, we don't have time to go through all this. Oh, that's tough too, because you because some people want to like catalog everything, mm-hmm. where others are like, no, let's just have an estate sale and and get rid of it Be all. Done with it, man. That gets really challenging. So, do you have a lot of that in the in the rooms? 
you know, I haven't had that specific case, but I've had a lot of like, like I said, things left over that they're just not sure what they're supposed to do with them. Right. And right. like I said, unfortunately, you know, with COVID, there's been a lot of sudden deaths. So there wasn't time uh, to really catalog, get things well, talk, in order, talk about this stuff. But I think it's important, you know, dad's class ring. Oh, what do I do yeah, with that? Very good. You it's, know, um, do I give it back to the high school? Do I, what do I do with it? Do I melt it down again? Guilt and uh, shame. Here we go. Right. Um, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. It's just, or dad's. <laughs> university of michigan football collection that he's spent years collecting players jock straps and stuff like that right like uh, what do you uh, want to do with that what do you what do you want to do yeah with if there's that? not a local museum or historical something that you can put it on display like what do you do with that because for most people those are those are there's no to some value to, to a that. kid well to a kid that you know maybe one of the children didn't get into football at all Looking at a used men's jock strap is probably not the most <laughs> attractive of, item, you know. Um, but it was signed by, you know, Charles Woodson. So, well, here's another. There's another interesting uh, thing that I deal with in the funeral home: is what do we leave on mom or dad in the casket? It's a great question because what I find is really interesting about that is you don't have a lot of time to think about it in most cases. So you're within that week figuring out, do I want to keep mom's mirror wedding ring that she's never taken off? So she should keep that on or should I sell it or should I give it to the first grandchild or should I keep it and, and wear dad and mom's marriage bands on a necklace or meld them together? Um, or like mom had a mom ring. And like, do we keep that ring on? Or dad had his family crest ring. And if if we take it off, who gets to keep it? See, that's the other thing too with this is sometimes it may be better to sell it because by keeping it, it there's responsibility on who keeps it, how the others pay it off. But it does get very, very who tricky. Who gets the family ring? Bible. <laughs> Well, you know, and that's well. They um, go too. I mean, we've gone from a very faith or faith based society to an individualistic, spiritual, like maybe uh, holy relics, you know, like old Bibles or golden crucifixes, or you know, these are things it, we we I see it all the time, and it's just interesting because there is a lot more uh, stress and anxiety with grief when you're dealing with these extra not knowing what to do with you know and you brought up a good point with covid and a pandemic when we're dealing with a lot of younger individuals dying tragically um you're right they weren't prepared you know and and, and so a lot of older parents thinking that they would die before their kids are now taking care of their kids you know, so it it yeah, it gets really it gets really interesting, and especially if you add maybe the the person is in the middle of a horrible divorce at the time, or maybe you know because death is never on schedule by any means, form or shape. Too, so it is interesting these things we leave behind. Would you suggest, like I said, Doc, that maybe you just have the conversation with your loved ones, like, hey, like, listen. I love Star Trek. You don't. You're a Star Wars person. I'm a Trekkie. You, you you don't get it. You know, feel free to 
keep it, get rid of it, do whatever. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Like just a conversation like that. Well, I just think the, the, you know, the big, the big ticket items, make sure you talk about what your expectations are after you're gone. And to be fair, even if those are your expectations, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to happen that way. Well, it's funny you say big ticket items because sometimes when families I know come in after, you know, the six month that we talk about all the time when they come back in the funeral home, they'll say the, the thing that they found buried deep in the thing, a bookmark or something that literally has no value other than memories to them is more important than the $5,000 gold ring. You know what I mean? So it, it's interesting that you bring up the big ticket items because what is a big ticket item, really? Well, like like I said, I, I think there is, you know, obviously there's going to be, if there's multiple children, there's a divorce, there's going to be some issues with how things get split up or what whatnot or probate if you need to deal with that, which is always a nightmare. But I, I, I just, it just is a topic that I, I thought to myself maybe needs to be talked about because, especially with people that have urns on their mantles, like let's let's bring it down five more generations. What's going to happen to them? Uh, we we bring it up a, a ton, Doc. Um, Dad and I, when we're we're doing arrangements, is please, 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 please have some sort of plan for what you're going to do a generation from now or two generations from now. And I think that's the biggest problem going back to cremation. And we've talked about this before. It's a wonderful form of disposition, but it also has its drawbacks. And the biggest drawback that I find with it is there's just so much you can do with it. There's so much you can do. You can keep it. You can scatter it two years down the line, 10 years down the line. You can keep it. You can try to put it in with your loved one's casket down the line. I'm not saying that's legal or not legal, depending on what stage you're in. Um, But it's just, it's one of those things where there is so many options. And at the time, I think it's, 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 it's a jam to think about is, oh, I can deal with this later. But almost that adds more stress and anxiety and grief down the line to add to not only the loved one, but then the loved one's loved ones, because that's what tends to happen a lot is they may or may not have had a plan. They don't tell their kids. So now the kids are dealing with not only their, their mom's cremated remains, which they may agree or not agree with. And now dads, and do we put them together? Do we keep them apart? What if I want mom, but you want dad and then they get separated. And, and the big thing that I've noticed Doc, recently is obviously nuclear families aren't, as prevalent as they were years ago. So now you're dealing with possible three to four families with three to four different sets of kids. So even more so, you know, when these deaths occur, these kids come out of the woodwork and say like, well, dad meant them more to me because I'm his first kids. I was the first set of kids. And then the others were like, well, no, no, no. Dad loved our mom and we're the last kids. So we're the more, you know, and this, this, and I know it sounds comical, but it's so true to everybody out there. And we see it all the time. And it, and it's really hard when you're adding these little trinkets. Because for some people, that means the world to them to have mom's snow globe collection or, or mom's precious moment. Our, our mom is a lovely precious moment collector. Or mom's cookbook, right? Cookbook with all the recipes. Um, and so... Or, or you can look at it the opposite, Doc. Maybe these things not only are traumatic to this person, 
because maybe they didn't have a good relationship or maybe these items were more important to their loved one than they were. So now they have to deal with it. So you add this compounded um, uh, mental distress on top of trying to figure out what we do with these items. So I I think it is a very interesting topic because nobody talks about it. I mean, nobody talks about death in general. So I think it's it's wonderful, Doc, that you brought this to our attention. And I I think it's something in... For all you listeners out there, you know, send us an email or a thought if you have any specific items that maybe you dealt with or your parents dealt with or a loved one of yours that you were like, man, what do we do with, you know, or maybe just give us a kudos if you, you get what we're talking about. Um, and you can email us at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. But Doc, I, I think it's time to uh, go out there on the emails and uh, answer some uh, questions. What do you think? Let's do it. Q&A. Okay, here we go, Doc. This one is from Stephanie Jordan. Hi! There's an exclamation mark there. I find your podcast to be quirky and interesting. I have some interesting thoughts on death. So do we. To give you an understanding of my experience, my father died when I was four and my husband died in December of 2014. My mom and I were the same age when we became widows. I survived this tsunami of death with five kiddos, homeschooling, and running a salon company. If you think this message could encourage your audience, I would love to chat with you. Even facing the hardest of circumstances, when we can see death as the usher and not always an enemy, it is helpful. Thanks, guys. And yet again, that's from Stephanie Jordan. So Stephanie, first and foremost, thank you for reaching out to us. And we will get you on this show. Oh, we will. So my thoughts are what I think was really interesting and visceral and impactful for me was when she said she became a widow the same year her mom did. So the idea that you lose your dad and then you lose your husband at the same time, because it is interesting as kids, um, I'm starting to see it with my parents and their parents. You start, there comes a time when you become your parents' parents because you have to help them through the ending cycle of life. And you got to kind of help them make decisions and all that. You become almost a parent to your parents. It's, it's very strange and I'm starting to see it. So that has to be very tough when you're dealing with your own grief, your own loss of your loved one, and but also trying to help your mother go through her journey of becoming a widow and you becoming a widow at, at such a young age, um, it, it's got to be very isolating. And so I really appreciate you reaching out and being vulnerable in that. Raising five kiddos, if I'm not mistaken, I, I have two and whew, adding three more to that bunch would be something. And uh, doing your own salon and, and homeschooling, you are the, the definition of um, the total package of a mom. So um, from all of your kids, I want to say thank you because I'm sure they have (laughs) some wonderful experiences. Um, And yeah, it's interesting you said Usher, especially with all of that, because I think that's the lesson uh, the listeners can learn is that if you can spin this grief in a positive way, instead of always looking at it so negatively, I think you can come with some, some love and, 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 you know, there's certain things that you wouldn't have been able to do without that uh, experience in your life. 
So yet again, I think it's very awesome. I think you're incredible as a mom. And I would love to talk to you just because I'm sure you have some stories that could that could really, really be impactful to Doc and I in our in our own grief journey. Doc, you have any thoughts on that? Well, no, I've been I've literally been sitting here spinning on the word usher. And I was thinking about how death can be an usher. And it's interesting because, of course, I'm a very visual guy. So I have a uh, like a, I don't know if everybody heard Phantom of the Opera is going to be stopping from Broadway, um, which oh, is really tragic. It is, I'm going to agree with that right now. It is a tragedy. Um, I don't know why I just went straight to the theater of Phantom of the Opera and I thought about death being an usher. And it's interesting because I, I do, I, I like the idea of death being a guide um, to help us maybe live more fruitful, fulfilling lives. But I think that death is, I'm, I, like, I like this idea of, of, of a guide, of, of uh, usher, because I think that <laughs> sometimes they can be, I think of like ushers, right? At, I think of church, like we have ushers at church and they're like, you're going to go sit over here. And maybe it's not the place you want to sit, but that's where you're going, they, right? They always have the cool jackets. They do really. They yeah, always have like this is the green... Catholic experience yeah. we're talking about here. But like, but, but I, I want to say this because I think sometimes we don't have a choice of where death is going to guide us to. And that's an interesting thing to think of an usher because sometimes we don't have a choice of where we're going to sit. We're told where we're going to sit. So you got me thinking. I got my wheels spinning oh, here. I, I don't have enough time to really come up with it, but I, I, I like it. I'm so viscerally thinking about this now. I mean, you're thinking visceral the, on this usher, the usher thing with either usher, a guy usher. in a gondola, like taking you down the river now because of Phantom, or I'm thinking of <laughs> a the gondola? A gondola, right? Am I saying it wrong? Gondola? It's the same thing. Yes. Potato, potato. And then the other thing was gondola? I was thinking about the teenager with the red vest at the movie theater. And he's got to walk down the aisles and he, he has a cool flashlight that like, this is your seat. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking I like the idea. I, I like it a lot. We're, you know what? When you're on the episode, Companion. we are, we're going to come back to that. We are going to, we're going to, we're going to spin some, uh, spin some wheels on that one for a while because I, I really like that idea. Death, your, your best. Death, the usher. The, the, your greatest <laughs> spiritual animal, your spirit animal. Death. He, I like, no, I like usher. I like usher. I like the usher. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. A so lot of thoughts. A lot of thoughts. <laughs> thank you so much for for contacting us. And if you have any thoughts or just kind of want to tell your story, like we've we would love to tell it out here to all the listeners out there because we all deal with death and grief. You can contact us yet again on our email at let's talk about deathpod at gmail dot com. I challenge you right now to get out your phones and whatever you're listening to this episode on, whether it be Spotify or iTunes, please give us a you know. Give us your comments, your thoughts, write a review. This helps out a ton. We want to keep doing this, but we need your help to keep it keep it going. And we appreciate everybody who's listening. And if you have any thoughts, please, like I said, get at us. And if you are not talking about death, you are not living. <laughs>